got it. I think he was tempting me to throw a mic. So, uh, it's good to have Reverend Dr. Tom Hermes here tonight. And amen. That's right. Amen. I, uh, I, uh, I got to work with his mom and dad at Heritage Church, and I just loved them immensely, and then getting to work with him at headquarters and loved him, and uh, he is a phenomenal preacher of the word, uh, lets God lead him, and then today also we have Reverend Mark Murphy, all right, and then playing the piano from him. All the way from uh, south of Columbus is Goldie Ratcliffe. All right. It's so great to have her. So uh, we're just going to enjoy what God is doing, how he's moving, and believing that uh, he's going to do a great work. Uh, Tonight we have uh, Reverend Michael Tipton. I want to give him a doctor, Dr. Tipton, but anyhow. Reverend Tipton is going to be here and uh, have the Missions Mighty Moment. Well, that's what we used to call it a heritage, MMM, Missions Mighty Moment. Get a trademark on that, copyright. Well, uh, it's my pleasure to present to you and introduce you, if you've not met Tom Amlin, uh, to Tom. Tom has served as a pastor, a missionary, and uh, he's really a man of many talents. In In addition to being a pastor and missionary, he's been a farmer, he has been a builder, He's even been a college basketball coach. But the most important thing about Tom is that at an early age, Tom committed his life to sharing the gospel in his community and around the world with everyone that he could. Tom has walked for many years with the Salome Church congregation on the Gila River Indian Reservation, and we're so thankful for the way that God is using Tom to walk alongside that congregation and build up local leaders. And We're excited to have you, Tom share with you this evening. Thank you. I appreciate that. In 1998, God began to deal with a heart that had no idea that there was going to be a time of missionary in it. And as he began to deal with that heart, and I, my wife and I decided that through some situations that we were going to apply, and we did. We applied to be missionaries through World Gospel Mission and our denomination, and uh, we were turned down. Uh, I don't know if they didn't feel like we could raise the support or what it was, uh, they probably, they liked her and didn't like me. Something like that could be very true, too. But, uh, but as, it, uh, as it went on, there was a letter that come in the mail. And the letter come in the mail was from this man sitting right here, encouraging us to take the next step and to go ahead, and there was another way that we could go as a missionary. We raised our funds in record time, got to the mission field, God began to bless, and what happened was the people saw Jackie in her condition, and they watched me take care of her, and they felt God's presence, and they trusted us. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that yet today, what God started back there with a letter, encouraging us to take the next step, I'm able to go and I can be alongside helping Steve and Debbie Cartwright. And the church now is in a position where it is the biggest church in that area that can handle uh, wakes and funerals 
And so the doors are opening for people to come to Steve Cartwright and ask about being a part of that. And so that's what we're doing is trying to continue to get that building prepared and hopefully be able to put the addition on, which would make them the biggest opportunity in that whole community to be able to uh, work with the community and also to work with uh, people in the churches. And God's doing an exciting thing. And as the, as the Cartwright and Piper used to say years ago in the old campground, and the devil is defeated again. Pray for us, help us, and uh, we're just looking forward to some good things that God has for us. Tom will be available. Yeah, give Tom a round of applause. Thank you. Tom will be available after the service. If you don't know Tom or you haven't talked to him recently, please, uh, please stop and find out more about what God is doing uh, in the hearts and lives of Native Americans in the Southwest United States. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray to open the rest of the service? God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this camp meeting. We thank you for each person who is here and each person who is watching online. God, we know that you have brought us together uh, for a unique experience with you. We know that tonight is an opportunity like we've never had before and will never have again. So, Father, we just lift this time to you. We lift our speaker and our musicians to you. And, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to have your will and your way in every moment. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good afternoon. Let's stand together and sing this. I think you know it. What a mighty God we serve. Let's stand. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Love the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, I will serve. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, 
and with all my strength. I think you know this one, call unto holiness, church of our God. Call unto holiness, church of our God. Purchase by his blood, call from the world and his idols to flee. Call from the bondage of sin to be free. Holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song. Holiness unto the Lord as we're marching along. Sing it, shout it loud and long. Holiness unto the Lord now and forever. Call unto holiness, children of light. Jesus in garments of white, raiment unsold, nor tarnished with sin, God's Holy Spirit abiding within, holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song, holiness unto the Lord as we're marching along, sing it, shout it. Holiness, praise his dear name. This blessed secret to faith thou may plain. Not all righteous, but Christ within. Living and reigning and saving from sin. Holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song. Holiness unto the Lord as we're this next course you might not but holiness holiness is what we need let's sing that holiness holiness is what I long for holiness what I Take 
as we go to prayer, I'm sure many of you have prayer requests on your hearts and on your minds. Uh, by the upraised right hand, just for whatever that God is doing in your life, or you just right now know that uh, someone that you have a prayer request for, we just raise your hand. I believe God knows each one of those, and we also want to pray for Reverend Don Seymour uh, as I continue to pray for him during this time. But, you know, I, I was thinking, and my wife says when I start thinking, it's dangerous. <laughs> but uh, this song that we just sang, Holiness, what I long for, holiness is what I need. I believe in our hearts and lives that God's Holy Spirit will do something special in such a way that we can truly understand that message loud and clear. I believe that in this day, uh, boy, there's just so many situations around us. Uh, you know, we all the you know we just hear of all the people that are depressed, all the people that are. Uh, children that are just on shaky ground not knowing and and just today a report came out saying that just wondered if school would be able to start in all this because the ramping up of COVID and somebody said it would be a disaster a disaster if that if school wasn't started but anyway so we just want to pray and then as soon as we pray we'll uh, have the ushers receive the offering uh, at the, then Reverend Murphy, he, he is a reverend, by the way, yes. Reverend Murphy will, uh, well, he sings a lot and he always sings, but he also preaches. Yes, sir. Amen. But we just believe that, uh, he'll do a song and then Dr. Hermes will give us the message. But as we pray, let's just stand and pray. Our Heavenly Father. We thank you for all that you are doing right now in our midst. We thank you for how that you are working and for how that you are some way just letting your Holy Spirit move among us. We believe that you are doing a work and we thank you for Dr. Hermes and Ella May and the life that they have lived before us. We thank you that right now the needs of each one in this place that we would just say, Lord Jesus, minister among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We ask our ushers to come forward, receive the offering. And uh, Reverend Murphy is going to share a song, and then Dr. Hermes is going to preach. I came to Jesus, sick of sin, he did not fail. Came 
Well, it's great to be with, with you tonight. It's great to be any place, to tell you the truth. For a couple of weeks, I wondered if I'd ever stand in a pulpit again. I've had a lot of things knock me down and put me flat on my back, but COVID did a number on me, and I was just very thankful I'd had the vaccination, and I'd had the boosters, and that I also had a lot of people praying for me, and I want to thank you. And I told my good friend Mark, that when I heard him sing tonight, I would be better. So I, after that song, I have to be Mark. And uh, I, just, I just know that we need God to come on us in these days. We, um, we've been through a couple rugged years in this country. And um, the good news is he's never failed us yet. It looks like pretty bleak days out there ahead of us. But we serve the living God who's alive and well, and he's not impacted by COVID or by what happens in Washington, D.C., and he's promised that he would not fail his people, and he will not fail us now. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like, for you to, draw, I'd like to draw your attention to Acts chapter 1. It's hard to imagine a better place to begin a camp meeting than in the book of Acts. And we'll begin our reading at Acts chapter 1. And we'll break into the reading at verse 4. If you're able, I'd ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter 1. I brought my nurse with me tonight just in case. She says she's not a nurse, but I can tell you she takes good care of me. And I thank you, babe. Chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them... He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I want to go to right to what I would call bottom line stuff and talk to you about what I believe is the most desperate, urgent need in the body of Christ today. 
In fact, what I believe is the most urgent, desperate need in the churches of Christ in Christian union. And that's for us to experience a fresh, up-to-date, personal Pentecost. In these verses, Jesus is sharing his final message, his last words with his disciples before ascending back to heaven. Since he knew these were his last words, I believe we can conclude that they were very carefully and specifically chosen. These are extremely important words that demand our thoughtful consideration and obedience. In light of what Jesus knew to be the most desperate, urgent need of his disciples, he gave them a very specific command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father is first given to us in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 27 when God said there was going to come a day when he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh. And he said, in that day I will put my Spirit within you. Not just coming upon us from time to time for some momentous occasion, but that the day would come when we as God's people could enjoy the constant, the continual indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And now as Jesus is about to leave this earth and leave the work of the church in the hands of his disciples, he looks at them and he uses the word I don't think you would ever hear at a church growth conference. He looks at them and says, wait, just wait. Don't even think about going out and doing ministry. Don't even think about going out and trying to heal the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead. Because, gentlemen, you're not ready. Not ready? I mean, these men had been with Jesus for three years, day and night. They had heard almost, they had heard almost every sermon he ever preached. They'd watched him perform miracle after miracle. And they'd had the opportunity as they walked the dusty trails of Galilee to ask him undoubtedly hundreds and hundreds of questions. But Jesus, the master teacher, looks at his men after three years and says, you're not ready. Not until you have received the promise of the Father, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what is real to us today is the reality Jesus was right. He's always right. And he was right in that moment. His disciples had had the best of on-the-job training with the master teacher. But like he said, you're not ready. Not until you receive the promise of the Father. This was their desperate, urgent need. And it's ab it was absolutely essential for them to be filled with the Spirit if the church was going to survive and if the church was going to thrive. We want the church not only to survive, we want the church to thrive. And if it thrives, it'll be a holiness church. It'll be a church where the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is lift up and, lifted up and exalted and a place where God's people empty themselves of their own agendas and are literally baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Today, from our secular viewpoint, we'll look at the church 
And we'll go through a good exercise of trying to figure out where we've been and where we are and where we're going to go. And sometimes we'll come to the conclusion that what we need is better organizational structure. If we could just get our structure together, if we could just get a good set of goals and a good pithy vision statement, we could really do something for God. Reminds me of the young pastor who said to me a few years ago, we now have a good sound system in our church and we have PowerPoint. We are really ready to grow. That's the way the world looks at it. But what Jesus looks at is they were filled. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And after spending decades of my life in administrative positions, I understand the value, the validity, the necessity, the importance of good structure and a good game plan and good goals. They all have their place and they are all important. But ladies and gentlemen, when God moves, and that's what we're interested in, when God moves, he doesn't move on structures, and he doesn't move on game plans. He might inspire them into our hearts, but when God moves, he moves on and in and through people. And this is the desperate need of the church today. Not another planning session, as important as that is, but what we desperately need, going right to the bottom line, is to empty ourselves and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we'll look at the church and we'll go through that very good exercise, where we've been, where we are, where we're going, and we'll come to the conclusion that well, if we just had a little more talent and a little more training in our people, we, we could really accomplish something for God. And you know, I value talent and I value training. In fact, sometimes I get in some places where they don't have much of either one. And you really kind of miss it. I remember going to Holder Revival meeting just a few years ago, not too many miles from here. And uh, the lady who played the piano and the lady who played the organ were both in their 80s. No problem with that since I've joined them. But the big problem was the lady who played the piano could only play by note, and she was nearly blind. And the lady who played the organ could only play by ear. And she was nearly deaf. Every song we sang that week, the piano and the organ were in two different keys. It was absolutely painful. One time, I think, they might have gotten in the same key. And would you, imagine, would you realize those two instruments were so far out of tune that it was still painful. And, and the pastor of that church had been in a horrific accident. And it left him with some kind of injury that when he would sweat, he would only sweat on one side of his face, and the other side would be totally dry. One night he got to crying. Tears only came out of one eye. Then one night he blew his nose. I didn't look. I looked the other way. That's kind of gross. It didn't matter to me whether both sides were working or not. And if that wasn't enough... I got up one night to play my trumpet, and as I was coming down near the end of the song, a lady on the back row with flaming red hair 
very disheveled in her appearance, came staggering up the aisle. She gets to the front as I finish the song, and she leans over the altar and hands me a dollar bill. She said, boy, that was beautiful. I want to give you a dollar. Well, I completely blew it. It caught me totally off guard. Usually people throw things at me when I play my trumpet. They don't hand me dollar bills. I said, oh, no, 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 just, just put it in the offering plate. That'll be fine. Oh, she said, you think you're too good to take my money. And she proceeded to cuss me out right there in the front of the church. I turned around to the pastor. I said, man, she's all yours. And he was now sweating on both sides of his face. It was an absolute miracle. They couldn't fix it at, at Grant Hospital or Ohio State University, but God fixed it in a moment with a drunk lady. Uh, when we don't have much of it, we miss it. And, but ladies and gentlemen, all the talent and training in the world, it will never, it will never take the place of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And our most desperate need in the body of Christ is for God's people to empty themselves of our own agendas, of our own self-centered ambitions, and literally be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Sometimes we sit around and we try to come up with user-friendly doctrines and user-friendly terminology that will be politically correct and will not offend anybody. Well, may God help us. We don't need to worry about being politically correct. We need to be concerned about being biblically correct. And may I just pause here and say, my friends, there's absolutely nothing wrong with our Wesleyan-Arminian doctrine. And in case you've forgotten, that's the doctrine of the churches of Christ in Christian union. And that's where our most desperate need is. Have you noticed in the dumbing down of America, we like to say at a lot of churches, doctrine doesn't matter anymore. I, I hope you've never said that. It's a very ignorant statement. And then they'll, they'll attach to that. We just preach Jesus at our church. Well, look, friends, if you preach Jesus, you're going to preach some doctrine. Now, the question is going to be, is it going to be good doctrine or bad doctrine? Is it going to be biblical or is it going to be a hodgepodge? Is it going to be systematic or is it going to be like going to the buffet? I'll take a little of that, a little of this. I don't want any of that. And we pick and choose what we really want and don't want. But let me just say to you once again, the most desperate need in our churches today is for God's people to empty themselves and be filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, the big one today is, if we could just figure out how we're going to worship, are we going to sing choruses, or are we going to sing hymns, or are we going to sing a blend? Are we going to be casual and wear jeans and golf shirts, or are we going to be formal and wear three-piece suits and ties? Well, I know you'd like for me to say something about that, but here's what I'm going to say about that and all these other issues I've mentioned. If we would be as concerned about God's people experiencing 
genuine, personal Pentecost, we would have revival. And it seems to me the thing of greatest importance and greatest urgency is what's getting the least amount of attention. And until we get our priorities straight, it's going to be hard to see the blessings of the Lord. Well, these disciples were obedient. Thank God for that. They obeyed the command of Christ. They stayed in Jerusalem in an upper room in constant prayer. Now think about this. Had they grown impatient and failed to be obedient, they would have never received the gift. And without the Holy Spirit, the church of Jesus Christ cannot exist. I've been in some of those places, and I have to tell you, they descend to being a feel-good social club where we come and meet our friends and catch up on the community news. But it's not really the church, the body of Christ. There's no substitute for obedience. And there's no personal Pentecost without obedience. And there's no entire sanctification without obedience. There's no infilling with the Holy Spirit without obedience. And that would lead me to ask you the most important question I could ask you tonight. Are you walking in all the light that God's given you? Have you embraced it? Have you received it? Are you walking in obedience explicitly to the known will of God? Friends, this is the way we really worship God. It's not just what we do at 1030 on Sunday morning. It's what we do day after day after day as we walk in the light, as we walk in obedience. That's when the blood of Jesus Christ continues to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We sign our own spiritual death warrant when we fail to obey the command to wait for our Pentecost. And this is why we have so many barren, sterile Christians and so many dead, dying churches. Just like the church that that young pastor talked to me about. It's now dead. It's now closed. Sound systems won't do it. Light machines won't do it. Smoke machines won't do it. The sound system won't do it. What it takes is the spirit of the living God descending upon us in new and fresh ways for his honor and glory. I like the way D.L. Moody put it. He said, you might as well try to see without eyes or hear without ears or breathe without lungs as to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. These disciples, they secluded themselves. They got away from all distractions and they prayed. They didn't assemble to grumble or to complain, or to eat, or for fellowship. They came to seek the face of God. And the Word said they were in one accord and of one mind. They wanted the promise of the Father. More than a drowning man wants air. More than a thirsty person wants water. More than a, than a hungry person wants food. They longed for the presence of God. I have to ask you, where has that intense passion for the presence of God, where has it gone? You say, well, what do you mean? Well, it seems to me we are more intent and intense 
about seeking religious entertainment, good religious entertainment, then we are seeking the face of God. And it reveals our apathy, our lukewarmness, our shallowness. Just announce we're going to have a concert. And we'll pack the place out. And we'll buy all the products. Announce that we're going to have a missionary come and speak. And the house is pretty empty. But then just announce we're going to have a prayer meeting, just an old-fashioned prayer meeting to seek the face of God. And you'll usually be able to count the number of people on both hands. Well, here's the good news about Acts chapter 1. If you move over into Acts chapter 2, they got the desired results. It said when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and all of them. I like that. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were earnestly seeking God when the fire fell, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Two amazing things happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, their hearts were purified by faith. We've almost lost this doctrine of heart purity, even in the holiness movement today. We like to talk about the power of a spirit-filled life, but we don't hear very much about the purity of a spirit-filled life. And if we're going to have power, we're going to have to have purity, first of all. And Peter testified about this in Acts chapter 15. When he, God gave the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles just as he had the Jews. And you remember what Peter said, God put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. That's what stood out to Peter. He was there on the day of Pentecost. He was there in Jerusalem. He was there that day when God gave the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles. And it wasn't the rushing mighty wind that filled all the house. It wasn't the cloven tongues like a fire that really stood out to Peter. It was the fact that when they were filled with the Spirit, their hearts were cleansed, filled with the Holy Spirit. The disposition of sin that inherited depravity that came with all of us into this world was cleansed from their hearts. Heart purity is essential. The psalmist said, who shall ascend under the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Their hearts were cleansed. The carnality was gone. The disposition of sin was gone. The second thing that happened, they did receive power. And but you will receive power, Jesus said, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It was power to witness more effectively than they ever had before. It was power to preach with great power and boldness. It was power to lift up the name of Jesus and the empty tomb and the the reality is thousands were saved, and they literally turned the world upside down. <clears throat> now, think about this, friends. They didn't have any structure. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any status. They were nobodies. They didn't have a building, but they did have holy 
Ghost power. And that's the desperate crying need of the body of Christ tonight is that we would experience this deeper cleansing and the infilling with the Holy Spirit that will give us the power and the anointing and the unction that we must have to do the work of God. You can be filled with God's Spirit and you can have power over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Because here's the good news. There's no change. There's no change in the availability and in the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit from the day of Pentecost until this day. And if we do not have Holy Spirit power and unction upon us, it's because we have not gone to the upper room, we've not waited before God, we've not emptied ourselves and been filled with the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most desperate, urgent need in our holiness churches, that we might be filled. D.L. Moody was short, stocky, and uneducated. In fact, he butchered the king's English. And whenever he wrote something, his friends always tried to intercept it so they could correct the terrible grammar. But D.L. Moody ended up preaching to more people in the 19th century than anyone else. In his church as a young pastor in Chicago, he had two older ladies in the congregation, three Methodist ladies, by the way. And their name was Sister Cook and Auntie Snow. And they perceived that their young pastor, D.L. Moody, had not been filled with the Spirit. And they didn't mind telling him every Sunday morning when they would leave. I mean, that'll light your fire. When these two saints of God go out the door and say, we're praying for you, Pastor, we perceive that you're not filled with the Spirit and you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And when he'd get up to preach, he'd say just a few words and Sister Cook and Annie Snow would look at each other and just sadly shake their heads this way. Will his church burn down? And he was in New York City on a fundraising tour. And he now reached the point where he was seeking the face of God. He knew what he needed more than anything else was the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Walking down Wall Street, of all places, I thought about this the last time I was on Wall Street, and I thought, how could anybody be filled with the Spirit walking down Wall Street? But walking down Wall Street in 1871, all of a sudden, heaven and earth came together, and God poured his Spirit into the heart and the soul of D.L. Moody. It was such an overwhelming experience that he ran back to his hotel and was prostrate on the floor and wave after wave of the glory of God rolled through his soul. He gets back home. He had not had the opportunity to tell anybody what had happened in New York. He starts to preach, and all of a sudden, Sister Cook and Auntie Snow, they looked at each other, and big smiles came on their faces, and they started nodding their heads this way. They knew someplace, somewhere, somehow, their pastor had been filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And D.L. Moody said, and this was encouraging and comforting, he said, I preached a lot of the same sermons, but now there was an anointing, now there was an unction, now people were responding and coming to Christ. The difference, he'd emptied himself and been filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think probably most of us that are here tonight have had a personal Pentecost. We can remember the day when we were not only saved, but sanctified. And I think one of the best ways that we could begin this camp meeting would be to just come forward as the family of God around these altars, either standing or kneeling or being seated in these front seats. And as Mark comes to lead us, in this very familiar chorus, I want to invite you to come and ask God for a fresh touch. You've been touched. You've been changed. Most of you have that witness of the Spirit. If you don't, this would be a wonderful time to experience it. But I want you to come as the family of God and just ask God for a fresh touch. We've been through some tough days some challenging days and there's some challenging days ahead and if we ever needed the fresh touch of God it's today let's stand together and let's sing this come Holy Spirit yes sing it together I need you yes yes thank you God bless you let's call on his name he's on the throne He's working, he's moving, and he wants to give us revival. Come in your strength and your power. Yes, come, come in your own. Sing it one more time. How many others would just come and join us here in the front? Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Yes, we do. We desperately need him. It's not enough to go through the motions. We need the life of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit. Come. Come in your strength and your power. Yes, yes. Come. Come in your own gentle way. Now let's call on God together. Let's just call on his name, everyone praying. Father, we thank you for your word. It's the living word. It still speaks directly to us. And just as you said to your followers on that day before you ascended back to heaven, you're saying to us that we need to wait for our own personal Pentecost and there are days and times when we need a fresh infilling a fresh touch of your spirit. And so right now, we welcome you, blessed Holy Spirit. Would you just come and move up and down this altar in these front seats and people that are standing here, touch every heart, every life. Breathe afresh and anew upon us. Renew our strength, our vision, our passion to be like Jesus. And oh God, would you give us souls. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Sing that chorus together. Mark, lead us as we sing it. Come, Come Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. I, need, I you. need you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Come, you do as well. Come, sweet, sweet Spirit, Spirit, I pray. I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in thy strength and yes. Yes, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Mark, there's another chorus. I know you know it. Goalie, I think you know it as well. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Sing it here. Sing it together. Thou art welcome. Thou art welcome in this place. Yes. Holy Spirit, art welcome in this place. Omnipotent. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. And what could we ever do without him, without his presence, without his spirit, without his anointing? Thank God. We don't have to beg and plead and manipulate the throne of grace. But we're encouraged to come boldly. And if we seek his face, he will hear our prayers and answer our prayers and do a great work in our midst. It's been great to make it here tonight and to be in church again and to preach the word. My mother told me years ago, you were born to do this. And not only that, I know God called me, and I knew he'd be with me, and he has been. And I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your attention. Now look, friends, let's believe God to just break through on us in these days. We're not here to play church. We're not here to just do another district camp meeting. We're here because we're needy people, and we're on a journey in a place that's not friendly to grace. And we need that constant continual, fresh infilling of God's Holy Spirit. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Goldie. You're dismissed. Joe, unless something you need to say. All right. God bless you. See you tomorrow night. Amen. Seven o'clock. Amen.